You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello, good morning, and welcome to episode number 123 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings, and joining me, as always, in the kitchen studio this week is my co-host, Matt. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Good morning. Yes, I'm a little bit dazed this morning. I don't know quite why we're running so late, but anyway. Only 20 minutes late. Only yeah, 20 it's minutes only 20 late. minutes late. He's here Just adjusting his camera. camera. Yes, hello. Yes, I should have done that while it wasn't live. Uh, yes, good morning, everyone. It is the it is Saturday, the 30th of July, 20. 16 and it's just gone 20 past 10 it has yeah mm. and uh, we are here on this gloriously weather-filled day of uh, <laughs> today overcastness yes, absolutely considering we've had uh, we've had, had some really nice weather the last few days so it's been quite nice but for flying for definitely for flying mm. i know Stuart has been uh, quite busy this week with the parachute plane and he, he was, has he was, there yeah. was even people flying out of the plane uh, jumping out of the plane last sunday as well really Mm. Blimey. I, mean, I know he's, I know been, he's been dive-bombing our, our, our yard at <laughs> work most of the time, honestly. He's, it looks like he's going to sort of crash into the yard every time he oh. does, uh, does that. Here's one heck of a pilot. We're going to get him on the show at some point. He's, he's, he's a, a frightening he's a, pilot. He's a, <laughs> he's a frightening man to get hold of. <laughs> well, um, yes, he's very busy. That's he's the, very busy, What, man. with running a very, very successful local restaurant, restaurant mm. along, along with his lovely wife and... Uh, Yes, it's all busy times, really, busy times. So uh, we've got loads of people in the chat room this morning. Uh, yeah. Morning all to you in there. It's, uh, it's, we've got uh, David Corson's in there, uh, main man Micah, Neville Bounds, David Abbey's in there, or Dave Abbey. Good morning to you. Fattest mm-hmm. bloke is yes, in there. Paul really. Tricker. <laughs> Uh, who else have we got just scrolling up to the top? Uh, Mr. Hunt has just joined us as well. Oh, we've got another one. Oh, who's that? Mr. Hunt. Where's you know that one who there? Mr. Hunt is. Oh, yes. Yes. Hello, Stuart. How are yes, you? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Good another morning. Stuart. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so hello to everyone in the chat room for joining us this morning. They'll be, yeah. they'll be I, I, swear, I swear Micah doesn't sleep. You know, no, I don't think Micah actually does <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Micah's one of these people who who kind of uh, has functions a, has on a, nothing. Has yeah. a nuclear uh, a kind of nuclear heart or something. He can carry on going forever and ever right, and ever. Right. Okay. Well, let's know. hope so. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I, I hope that is the case. <laughs> so, uh, um, before we start the show, uh, uh, just a bit to a reminder uh, for next Sunday, Sunday the seventh mm. of uh, August. It's yes. going to be. They're going to have a meet up over at uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam at Schiphol Am- Airport. Am- Amsterdam. 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 Schiphol. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, a bit of a Sean Connery thing going yeah. on there. Mm, no. Um, yeah, at the uh, Amsterdam Schiphol Airport next uh, week with uh, Masher and Stuart at the back as well, and yes, Neville. Neville as well. Yeah, and Myla's going to be there as well. Yeah. Um, we were going to. We w- had all the intention of going over, and we we were going to go over. Really. Yes. Had I find flights that didn't cost a billion um, pounds, a million pounds. Uh, yes. we searched uh, quite extensively on the internet for flights to get over there for the day and to fly back on the same day, but. Um, yeah, when you when you can kind of fly to 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 put it in easy terms, back I could fly to Malta and back uh, for the same price. Our guest from same. last week has just appeared in the chat room. Really? Yes, Hello, absolutely. oh, Kathy Mexton's in the chat room. Good morning to you, Kathy. Indeed, absolutely. <laughs> still in the UK, I think she is. Yeah, yeah, she's still in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're not going to be able to make it across next Sunday, but for anyone who's listening who is in the Amsterdam Schiphol Airport uh, area, m- next morning Sunday, to Neil Townsend as well, Mr. Townsend's Mr. in the Townsend. chat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, for any of uh, you guys listeners who are going to be in the area of next Sunday, please do know that those, those guys, mm. awesome guys, are going to be there. Uh, and we're going to do uh, what we're going to we're do something different next week. Yes, Just, yeah, the uh, show is in two parts next week. Yeah, we're going to do yeah. a two part show. We're going to do like a part one and part two. So Saturday. Um, we have got uh, quite uh, uh, quite an interesting guest mm. lined up for next Saturday's show. 
um, who's all to do with the passenger experience. He's yeah. uh, he's quite uh, well. He, he's had some really really nice experiences with airlines. So he's coming on the show next week as a guest. Adrian um, Meacham's just popped in the chat room. Hello, Adrian. And uh, we're going to do kind of a sort of a, a half a show Saturday, and then on Sunday. Uh, we are going to do kind of the second part of the show, but we're going to have a link up yes. with uh, with Live the guys from Schiphol, from Schiphol yes. and we're going to link up there. Hopefully, uh, Neville is going to be able to do some technical wizardry with the Wi-Fi at Amsterdam, and uh, we're going to link up with those guys, and we're going to do a kind of part two we are. Sunday. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So that should be good. Yeah, so hopefully we can cover all bases. As I say, unfortunately, um, our guest's diary is very, very busy, which is why we've sort of had to do it that yeah, way. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, this is literally <clears> the, the one date that uh, our guest could do. So yes. we, we had to snap, In about the snap next him six up on months, yeah, by the look of it. Snap him up so good. But uh, it's going to be well worth the wait. He has, uh, he's, mm. he's definitely... Um, He's well. Uh, Will we're not going to let let too many cats out of the bag? Okay. Um, I, don't I, hide, I don't know why you you hide the guests. It's, it's, I know. <laughs> but I know. anyway, I know. There we are. Anyway, enough of this. Enough of this. Uh, we're going to start the show then, we as are. we do each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So, if you're ready, Matt. Yes, I am ready. Let's go. <laughs> So kicking off this week's first news story then on the breaking a travel and news site this one and uh, some good news for Boeing because at the moment they're um, they are posting some quite uh, interesting stuff online about the 747 which may come to an end of production can't see that happening but that's kind of what's going around but anyway no, it's Malaysia ne- it's, it's, ne- it's inevitable oh, Carlos I mean no. it's an old aircraft no, but they're still making the Dash 8 yeah um, so. so Malaysian Airlines uh, have signed a 2.7 billion dollar deal with Boeing uh, for the 737 Max. Um, Hello. <laughs> Hello. Something just <laughs> fell over there in the kitchen somewhere. I don't know what that was. Ooh, anyway, yes. Anyway, uh, Boeing and Malaysian Airlines uh, have announced an order for 25 737 Max 8 aircraft, valued at $2.75 billion at current list prices. The order, previously attributed to an unidentified customer on the Boeing Orders and Deliveries website, also includes purchase rights for an additional 737 MAX 8 and 737 MAX 9 aircraft. The deal is a game-changer for Malaysian Airlines, which, uh, which with much uh, lower costs and greater efficiency, which will pass on to their customers uh, with low fares, says uh, the Malaysian Airlines Chief Executive Peter Blue. Uh, with the 737 MAX's longer-range capabilities, they'll be able to connect... Uh, the passengers to more destinations in greater comfort with superior economics. Uh, The Malaysian national carrier has operated almost every derivative of the 737 aircraft family and took delivery of its 100th 737 in December 2014. The 737 MAX will continue their superior operating economics and reliability uh, that the uh, 737 has given Malaysian Airlines and uh, they've depended on this aircraft for more than 40 years, says uh, Dinesh Kassar, Senior Vice President Nice pronunciation. Uh, Pacific. Very I know. good, very good. So uh, the 737 MAX will deliver 20% lower fuel costs uh, than the first generation 737s and the uh, lowest operating fuel costs in its class. Uh, 8% uh, less per seat uh, than its nearest competitor, so they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new single-aisle aeroplane incorporates the latest technology CFM International Leap 1B engines, advanced Ooh. technology winglets, and other improvements to deliver the highest efficiency, reliability, and passenger comfort in the single-aisle market. Mm. Now, this is quite good news. I mean, Malaysian airlines have had a 
had a quite a you know they've had a hard a tough time, a tough yeah, time uh, yeah. in the past. Not not directly through their um, own their own no, doing, no, no. is it? It's just uh, um, terrible. This, this is good happened. that uh, you know they've they've you know they've, they've uh, mm. must be getting themselves back on their feet and, uh, and yeah. you know they want some. Yeah. New well, I mean, they, they, I I flew to New Zealand with uh, Malaysian Airways and it was an absolutely wonderful experience. So I should just say a very good morning to uh, Ray Davis. He's just joined us in the chat. Uh, room. Good morning, Ray. Uh, a slightly uh, unnerving uh, conversation going on in in the chat room actually really? about the meetup and a little bit of concern about being escorted from the airport for you know unauthorized broadcasting uh, and possibly having to do the show from prison. So that would be nice. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't mind that. <laughs> No, no, absolutely. I don't, mind, don't mind where you do it from. Do you get Wi-Fi in prison? Uh, probably. Yeah, you get everything yeah. else in prison. Well, that's days. true. Yeah, yeah. Sky TV. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So moving on. <laughs> yeah, next indeed. story the is next story, uh, for you, Matt. Uh, oh yes. Here we go. This is the trouble having. You know, <laughs> I always feel bad reading these out now. But anyway, this is on the breaking travel news website, and the headline is Ryanair to charge parents to sit with children. Here we go. Another PR disaster. From <laughs> September, Ryanair will make it. I'm so so sorry to my friend. Uh, from from September, Ryanair will make it mandatory for adults travelling with children under 12 to purchase a reserved seat but for those under 12 will receive free of charge reserved seating oh i see right so you've got yeah okay that's not so bad but you've got to purchase a reserved seat mm. Mm. Uh, ryanair is introduced introducing this initiative after a busy summer when when most of its flights were all full as a result many adults traveling with young children did not select reserved seats and accordingly were randomly allocated seats that were not together due to a large number of Ryanair customers who are already reserving their preferred seats. This caused boarding issues as crews try to reseat customers with young children. Ryanair uh, um, argues its crews cannot move customers who have already paid for their preferred seats simply to accommodate other customers who are travelling with young children who declined to reserve their seat and choose to have their seats randomly allocated. Uh, Ryanair Chief Marketing Officer Kenny Jacobs said that this will prevent other customers who have chosen to purchase a seat of their own from being displaced on board. Ryanair added in a statement that only one adult has to purchase a seat. Yeah, no, no, to, be, to be fair, in, in fairness to Ryanair, I, I, this is very, very sensible, I think. Do you know, I have nothing against at all. I've been on quite a few flights, especially yeah. the uh, longer distance flights mm. that me and Gemma have done in the years. You know, and if you get families with children, especially small children, and they're mm. kind of, for some bizarre reason, displaced on the aircraft, so they're yeah. not sitting together. Absolutely. I've got no yeah. issues against uh, moving to allow families no. to sit together. No, but, uh, but you do have you do now have an issue essentially where you know people are paying for reserve seating, and it's the mm. people who have paid for the reserve seating, so they've paid for that extra so that they can mm. sit next to their partner, or they can possibly be, a long leg room. Well. Absolutely, and mm. they've chosen a seat specifically, yeah. uh, so they can move. To, and then they, those that have have bought a, a you know, reserve seat, are then having to move mm. because someone else didn't. And quite rightly, they want to put obviously young families and, and mm. their parents together, and that's perfectly understandable. But I think I'm a little bit surprised that if you've got small children, you haven't done this automatically. Yes, yeah, that is, I mean? that can, is. Can you see what I'm, right. what yeah. I'm getting yeah. at? You know, so so actually, no, I'm, I, actually, I mean, I'm I'm with Ryanair on this one. I'm sorry. With with small, when you've got a family of small yep. children, you know, and you're booking flights online mm. as as a parent, you know, I would I would spend that extra whatever it is. Mm. I don't know what the price is now. 
to to reserve a seat with Ryanair or EasyJet or something. Mm. You know, I'd pay that little bit extra to make sure all my family was well, seated yeah, together. Well, yeah, quite rightly, yeah. Because I mean, a lot. It is the the flight out there is is a major part of the experience, isn't it? We we're all sat together and you're all having sort of you know gin and tonics in the air and all this kind of thing. What are you laughing at? Oh, Jacob <laughs> Jacob Darlington Brown in the chat rooms has put uh, as a parent with a kid. I agree. A section in the back of the aircraft just for parents with kids would be a great idea. That would, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, like Absolutely. a little uh, a sectioned off area yeah. with a crash okay. and uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and like a, a ball pit. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that, can't, that, I can't see the lower cost airlines perhaps, uh, mm. you know, being quite so willing to uh, participate in that expensive <laughs> exercise. But uh, obviously, this section great. would also be soundproofed. Right. Yeah. For the sake of the rest of the passengers, no, no. That's no. So actually, as I say, I, I, I'm, I'm with Ryanair on this one. Next news then on the breaking travel news site again. Uh, Singapore Airlines signs UK partnership deal with Flybee. So Singapore Airlines uh, is uh, vastly increasing its accessibility to the UK uh, consumers with the announcement of a new partnership with top UK regional airline Flybee. The exciting collaboration means that over 100 Singapore Airlines destinations across South East Asia and uh, Australasia are now more accessible than ever for UK customers. Uh, Customers from 19 UK towns and cities are now able to book uh, to fly with Singapore Airlines long haul to also include flyby connections departing from their local airports. From the UK, Singapore Airlines currently flies four times a day from London Heathrow and daily from Manchester to Singapore for onward connections. Beginning uh, October 30th this year, however, available destinations from Manchester will increase uh, beyond connections to Asia and Australasia to include the United States and the airline will launch its first ever transatlantic route from the UK to Manchester to Houston to complement the long-standing Manchester-Singapore flight. Uh, The new Flybe partnership (laughs) opens up uh, additional (laughs) connections via Amsterdam, Paris, Charles de Gaulle and Dusseldorf, with several of the cities now available to connect to Singapore Airlines' vast array of destinations for the first time. This collaboration builds on efforts uh, to find new ways for UK customers to access our flights closer from home, adding to the coach fly and rail fly partnerships we pioneered in recent years. And This is uh, from Sheldon Hee, Mm -hmm. Singapore Airlines General Manager. So moving forward, we aim to continue to provide ever more convenient options for our customers to fly with Singapore Airlines and to experience our multi-award winning service. And I think they came in our top, you know, we've done the top ten at, um, right. at uh, Farnborough. Uh, I think Singapore uh, well, were yeah, in the they, top they, five, yeah, they were, weren't they, yeah, of airlines, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure if I'm brave enough to read out Micah's tweet. Micah, what's, he, what's Micah written now? <laughs> Oh, he says, why, oh, why Singap- comply with fly, fly <laughs> yeah. If there's no Singapore girls, what's the point in flying with Singapore at all? And Neville, <laughs> Neville's put fly maybe. Fly maybe. Oh, mm. I'm sure that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul Trick has found the video of us singing at uh, the Farnborough meetup. Oh, uh, but we'll save that one for later. No, no, we yeah. won't. No. <laughs> no, 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 we won't. So that's good news then, for, especially for Flybee. So this is essentially a, a, a sort of a, a co-chair, is it? That's yeah, sort of coach yeah. kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a way of, um, of of coming from the UK mm. and, and picking up a, a Singapore Airlines flight all in one 
package. Right. One, one neat little yeah. package. Okay. Uh, next story looks quite interesting. It has tech news. Tech, tech, tech news. news. Yes, this is on the Breaking Travel News website, uh, which I think we're sponsored by the, by the look of it today. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the London City Airport uh, is, this is the headline, London City Air- Airport. <laughs> Put me to, it's, it's the omelette. I'm sorry. It's, it's, uh, it, it was a monster. Uh, London City Airport introduces flight information to Facebook Messenger. Now, this is an unusual twist. Uh, London City Airport has become the first UK airport to enable customers to use Facebook Messenger to find out the latest real-time information about their flight. I'm not even sure how that would work. I thought Messenger was a... Anyway, uh, following a short trial period from today, any passenger who has Facebook Messenger on their device can send their flight number on the day of travel to LCY Flight Info uh, Facebook page and receive personalised flight information. That's very, very cool. The automated messages provide up-to-the-minute information on flight status, including departure and arrival time and boarding gate numbers, removing the need to constantly check flight information screens. Both departing passengers and those waiting for passengers to arrive can get the information relevant to them. The new Facebook Messenger functionality coincides with the latest passenger analysis for the first quarter of 2016, which found that for the first time ever, the proportion of under 35 passengers reached 35% at London City Airport. It is expected that millennial travel travellers will be among the first to use this service. Alison Fitzgerald, who is the Chief Information Officer at London City Airport, said the majority of our passengers are connected to social media and many of these are business travellers, so it makes perfect sense to offer flight updates directly to their smartphones via Facebook Messenger. We already offer free Wi-Fi and a check-in time of 20 minutes or less and this is another way of ensuring a hassle-free personalised customer experience. This is really cool. I like that. Social media has become such yeah. a huge part of flying. Now. Yeah, absolutely. But the great thing is, of course, again, it, and we were talking about it at the start of the podcast, because as I say, some of us for the first time got a push notification mm. from YouTube when we started broadcasting. And so, obviously, if, you, if you've got a flight information that, that's gone into Facebook Messenger, you'll get a ping flight, you, you'll get a ping message um, if your details change or when your gate number, you know, so, I mean, especially like for me where I've got my me, me smartwatch. Oh, you've got your smartwatch, yeah. You know, yeah. And, it, and I can actually bring it up on my watch without even getting my phone out of me pocket uh, i mean I like it's brilliant I, I like it i know I'm, I'm all for that very good yeah where can i go from here they've got to think you know where what's next you know they've, they've used facebook messenger yeah. they've used twitter mm. as uh, i think uh, mash has put in there that yeah. uh, they, they do a similar really service, on, service twitter. on twitter works pretty you know well, what, yeah. what is there left mm. uh, instagram uh, what, what, what the point of that? What the no. photograph of your plane yeah. before you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. No, the air, the air, no. no. The airline could post. A, <laughs> no. Uh, the airline could post a photo of your aircraft. Mm, so at least then, the, 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 no. Well, yeah, that's mm. definitely the aircraft yeah. I'm, I'm travelling on this morning. Yeah. You know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Here we go. Here right, Jacob Darlington Brown has just uh, saw the video. Carlos, you have missed your calling. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, eat your heart out. The new king of swing has oh. arrived. Oh dear! Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, couldn't agree more. There. Thank guys. you for yeah. that, Paul. Very absolutely, good. Very yeah. good. Indeed. On to the next story. Next then. story. Then uh, this is uh, the last one we've got on the breaking travel news site. Is um, it? I think oh, so. We've no, got, it's not. We've got no, one. I can no, see one, one more. more. Yeah. Okay. So London City Airport given the ex- uh, the go ahead 
for expansion. Mm. Ah. So London City Airport has uh, this week received planning permission for expansion from the UK government, which will enable the airport to welcome 6.5 million passengers by 2025 and inject £1.5 billion uh, each year into the economy. The City Airport Development Programme is a £344 million privately funded uh, investment which includes plans for seven new aircraft stands, a parallel taxiway and passenger terminal extension. Uh, the development will transform the airport, one of East London's largest employers in the London, uh, London Royal Docks, enabling the airport to welcome quieter next-generation aircraft and add more capacity. Mm. Last year, the airport, which opened in 1987, welcomed a record-breaking 4.3 million passengers through the doors. UK Chancellor Philip Hammond and Aviation Minister Lord Ahmad uh, confirmed the government's approval during a visit to the airport. The move follows uh, confirmation from Transport Secretary Chris Grayling and Community Secretary Saheed Jaheed. Uh, Declan Collier, Chief Executive London City Airport, said uh, this week that the new, the new government has uh, shown it's already uh, to act in the best interests of the British economy. Expansion at London City Airport is going to create more than 2,000 jobs in East London and add a much-needed aviation capacity in the South East and generate an additional £750 million per year for the UK economy. Uh, the construction phase of development will create 500 jobs and a further 1,600 jobs once completed. Uh, under the plans, the airport can approximately, uh, uh, approximately uh, accommodate a further 32,000 flights by 2025, uh, movements which are already permitted and uh, they're going to help to unlock more capacity within London's airport system uh, in advance of any new runway for the south-east of England, which we're never going to get a new runway no. anywhere else. No, no, no. So that's uh, that's good news for London City mm. Airport. I, I must admit, when because when, you've I, been now, I haven't been. Yeah, there. no, I was I was there with um, I was actually at XL. I think was it XL. Anyway, um, uh, I'd gone to a pet show and stuff, and I actually stayed uh, the night in a hotel uh, right uh, right near London City, and I was amazed at how busy it was. I mean, mm. well, in fact, our little aviation news uh, stinger was mm. was one of many little videos that I showed you, didn't I? When I when I came back. That were just, I mean, it was just such a busy little airport, really. I mean, but then I suppose if it's got 4.3 million passengers using it every year, it's, um, you know, it's got to have quite a lot of, uh, you know, quite a lot of flights you, going if you, in and out. if you ever see Google Maps and look at the airport from, mm. from above with Google Maps, mm. it doesn't look that big. You no, know, it no, does it, it not really look that big. No, it really isn't. Uh, no, if, if you've ever been on the Emirates Air as well, the, the mm. one that goes from, I'm not quite sure where it terminates, but it, I know it starts at uh, Greenwich where... Mm. Uh, where the Neville, is. Neville probably now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Ne Neville, correct me in a minute. Yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you can sort of, you, and of course, the great thing, and you would love it because if you time it right, I mean, I didn't have my phone um, uh, up and running, unfortunately, because I was, I was literally going over the Thames as something was taking off, and I was like, l literally looking right underneath it. Mm. And uh, if I'd have got my phone up and running quick enough, that would have been an incredible video. But uh, I didn't, so there we are. That was rubbish. Yeah, it's a good place to go if you're uh, uh, RJ one four six lover, or yeah, the uh, BAE one four six lover. They, they fly into there. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. I don't even know what that is. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so next story. Yes, different different site this time. Yes. Okay. This is on the. This is jet2.com is Ooh. the website, 
And the headline is uh, Jet2.com is the UK's best airline, says TripAdvisor users. This follows on from a story we had a few weeks ago, didn't it? Right, Because we were talking about TripAdvisor having, Mm -hmm. I think we had this at the Farnborough, the special we oh, like the there. top 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 no, it was top no top. it was the story about TripAdvisor having a because TripAdvisor does the hotel thing and they're going to do the airline thing are which they is, um, yeah okay. which would be quite interesting too oh um, you know I remember you saying mm, that. I'm yeah. sorry I'm having I'm, I'm, I'm having I was distracted by your machine making a weird pingy noise which or, machine or somebody's machine making oh, a pingy okay. noise anyway by the by uh, so yes the the headline uh, is uh, is um, uh, the U- is, uh, Jet2 is the start again. So Jet2.com and Jet2.com is the UK's best airline, says TripAdvisor users. Jet2.com is the UK's best airline, says the millions of users uh, of the travel review site TripAdvisor. Uh, TripAdvisor recently launched a new airlines review service which measures feedback from 350 million users. Wow, that's a big number. With flight reviews from 48 countries in 29 languages covering every major carrier worldwide. Based on the reviews jet2.com is the uk's best airline and 10th best in the world no other british airline even makes the list now that's very, wow, very that's bad surprising very the likes surprising. of british airways yeah. and things like that yeah. isn't it uh, the review service n- shows that jet2.com scores particularly well for customer service cleanliness value for money check-in boarding and it's generous 22 kilogram baggage allowance that's not a bad allowance actually is it in this day and age uh, the top 16 airlines in the world all received an average rating of 4.5 stars and um, were then ranked based on the highest percentage of five star reviews the best airlines are as follows so we'll do it in a little 16 so we'll start at number well, 16 yeah we'll, we'll start do you want me to start we'll do one each shall we yes. yeah we'll start at the bottom and work up i think so yeah number 16 is tam Tam is uh, Tam's the Brazilian airline, right? Yeah, okay. Tam is Brazilian. Latam, uh, Brazilian Latam, airlines. Right. Yeah. Okay. Number fifteen. Number fifteen is Avianca, right? And uh, Avianca, oh mm. blimey, I should know my airlines, really, shouldn't I? You should. Yes. Avianca <laughs> is yeah, the okay. airline of Colombia. They're ah. headquartered in Bogota, Colombia. Excellent. Uh, number 14 is Thai Smile. Thai Smile. That's a kind of, I think that's a low-cost subsidiary mm-hmm. of Thai Airlines. Okay, yeah. Thailand. Yeah. Number 13. Aegean. Ooh. Uh, I think Aegean is uh, a Greek. It's based in, uh, yeah, Athens in Greece. Right, cool. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Number 12 is Garuda. Garuda. Garuda yeah, Airlines. Garuda. I don't know that one. You, you're going to look it up for me now. Garuda. Here we go. Garuda is Indonesian. Oh, cool. Gar- an Indonesian okay, that's, So that's at number 12. Number, 12. Uh, number 11 is A&A. It's Al Nippon Airways. Ah, yes. Uh, we all know who Al Nippon Airways we is. We do indeed. So at number 10 is, well, Jet 2. Jet 2, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so it is literally just in the top 10, but it is in the top 10 nonetheless. Uh, number 9 is Azul Airlines. Is Braz- another Brazilian. Another Brazilian. Another okay. Brazilian yeah, airline. They feature quite well, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, number 8 is Japan Airlines, right, J-A-L, cool. Japan Lovely. Airlines. Okay. Uh, now, this is, a, this is a weird one to have in here, in top ranking here. This is number seven. Yeah. This is Aeroflot. Mm. Now, they're the Russian state airline. Aeroflot's a Russian airline. Oh, that's so good. They're, I think they've pulled things around is it, quite is that, a bit. Is that because that, that they're too terrified to say anything but nice things about well, it? Well, actually, it's I, think, national I think that, that might have something to, do, <laughs> something to do with the fact that uh, Aeroflot are, are, are kind of buying loads of Western-built aircraft now, Boeing oh, right. and stuff, and Airbus and stuff, so they're replacing mm. a lot of their ageing fleet of aircraft. Yeah. Number six is number Jet six is JetBlue. We yeah. all know who JetBlue is. And uh, number five is Qatar Airways, mm-hmm. or yeah. Qatar 
airways. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> number uh, four no. is Southwest. Southwest, we all know Southwest. Yep. That's mm. uh, based over in America. There, Southwest. Mm. Number three is an airline that have just recently mm. uh, brought out a really, really awesome in-flight safety video. Oh right, it is yeah. so they're, cool. They're quite you famous are, for that, aren't they? They they do them. All oh the man, time, don't you they? have yeah. got to get on YouTube okay. and watch the video. Right, you will, will scream. Yeah. So Air New Zealand. Yeah. Number two is Singapore Airlines. And number one is not a surprise. And number one is yeah, no surprise. Think, number no, one absolutely. for those of you who watched yeah. the Farnborough show we done. Mm. Number one, this came up top on that. Uh, on that list we as do. well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, Emirates. It is Emirates, Emirates absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Emirates is uh, is a great airline. But anyway, well done to Jet Two for actually making it into a top ten list. Yes, yes, well done for, uh, for yeah. Emirates, uh, especially official one. Because as I say, like with TripAdvisor, you're you're inclined to sort of more believe because um, it's it's sort of it is literally voted for by by, by someone who uses it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah so if absolutely. you use use an airline, you think they're rubbish, then you go on TripAdvisor and say, yeah. well, they're rubbish. I, I mean, having said that, you do have to take with a little pinch, pinch of, of salt, salt some of the yeah, reviews yeah. that people make on like in hotels and stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, for example, where when we when we went to Riyadh, didn't we? The little hotel that we stayed. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't perfect. There's no two ways about that. It was an authentic coaching. It was, in. yes, absolutely. And if it had been half the price, it would have been delightful. Yes. Um, but uh, I mean, some of the reviews on there were really unfairly scathing, weren't yeah. they? Particularly, yeah. although although we, we were lucky to have a good. But the accommodation the we had at uh, <laughs> the accommodation we had at the Premier Inn at Farnborough that was, was oh, oh that so, was lovely. So that was different world, that Anyone was, watching yeah. from Premier Inn? Um, yeah, absolutely. Great job. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Me and Matt loved our stay yeah. there. Um, where, where where was it? It was just outside. It um, was uh, Aldershot. Aldershot. Yeah, Premier and yeah, Aldershot, yeah, yeah. next door to Tesco's. Yes. 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 yes, so uh, yeah, any um, yes. any promotions or anything, just yes. send a line. And even even, even Captain Al, the king of food, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, was yeah. very impressed with the yeah. breakfast. So I mean, ten out of ten in the little beef eater next door. Yeah. Anyway, uh, enough <laughs> next of story. Our, our, pro, our promo. <laughs> next story. Yeah. Free holidays, please. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah. podcast <laughs> at plaintalkinguk.com. dot com. And uh, so the next story is on the Kivit. Kiv ITV, KIV, KIV, Kivi TV, Kivi TV. It's ABC Six, basically. Okay, yeah. So the headline, American, especially for these. This story is especially for anyone who's who's lost luggage or has paid fees for luggage. So the headline: You won't have to pay baggage fees if an airline loses your luggage. So everyone hates checking in their bags at airports because the airlines are notoriously bad for losing the luggage. But soon, new rules which will require airlines to refund all your baggage fees Ooh. if they lose your luggage. Good. I can't believe this isn't standard practice. Mm. So a new federal law requires the U.S. Transportation uh, Secretary to issue regulations on baggage fee refunds within this year. Uh, under the new rules, passengers who don't have their bags returned within 12 hours of arrival of a domestic flight will get a refund on their fees. Uh, that time limit is extended to 15 hours for international flights. Uh, so at least it won't be like you've paid for the airline to lose your stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, baggage rude. fees are actually quite a big earner for airlines. American Airlines in the over in the US uh, brought in almost $900 million in revenue just from baggage fees last year. Wow. <laughs> That's a big number, isn't it? Nine wow. Million. Yes. Um, oh, but I, wonder, I mean, what, what is the percentage of bags that are lost? I don't know. I don't know what the percentage for bags that are lost. I mean, I know Micah had an issue when he flew back. Mm. I think with uh, with yeah. a lost bag, but he got. You said he got his bag back. I think. Yes, you? that's right. Yeah, yeah no, he yeah. did eventually. Go. As I say, but it, it, I don't think it arrived the same time he did. That's the trouble. 
Uh, Mash is in the chat room. She's just put uh, that she hasn't checked, uh, checked in luggage for years. Yeah. Uh, she's a yeah. hand luggage girl. I must admit, the we're, we're the same. Whenever we go on holiday, we, we literally pack in. But we, you know, we, do, we don't take um, deodorants or anything. We literally buy them like in the supermarket that's, that's just up the road. You know? <laughs> Next story is for you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Ooh. I forgot who this story was about. But anyway, carry on. Okay, right. I'm a bit nervous because it's got the headline of the Sun newspaper, oh, which is always yeah. slightly unnerving. Uh, but so if it's in the Sun, it must be 100% accurate and 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 true. true. Uh, so this is the 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 Sun and the headline. So apologies for this because this is one of our most horrific tabloid <laughs> newspapers in the in in the UK. Um, but the headline is PC World Trip. Woman accidentally leaves her laptop at Stansted Airport and now has to travel to. Romania to collect it. Uh, so Ryanair flew Susan's lost laptop to uh, Romania and now she claims that they won't give it back. A woman who lost the, her laptop at Stansted Airport says Ryanair flew her, her device to Romania and now they won't give it back. Susan Connolly, who lives in Cambridge, got a Ryanair plane from Dublin to London on April the 25th. Uh, the 31-year-old who had put her laptop in an overhead locker because her seat was in the emergency exit row. Susan, who works as a writer, said that she realised she'd left it there when she was on a shuttle bus from the plane to the airport. But she headed. Uh, but when she headed to a Ryanair check-in desk to ask for it back, she said they had said that they'd already checked the plane and there was no way to recheck it. Uh, when she thought her when she thought her laptop, which uh, has her work on it, including drafts of novels and scripts, were uh, was lost, she changed all her passwords. Uh, she said, uh, "Then I got an email from Romania saying that they'd found my laptop because the plane I got from Dublin to London had then gone on to Romania." Uh, Bucharest Airport said that they could send it back via Ryanair plane to Stansted but I would have to give notice that I understood it might get damaged hmm. the writer then gave them permission to send it back to her but it's been three months now and she's still <laughs> without her laptop she called Bucharest airport who claimed that Ryanair refused to put the laptop on a plane or even post it to her frustrated she said the only option I had was either to fly there myself or make a, f or, or make a friend in Bucharest who I can nominate to go and pick up my laptop which uh, to me seems rather ridiculous they know where it is they know it's mine i don't understand why they can't just arrange for me to get it back if she decides to fly there herself she faces forking out a couple of hundred pounds for a return flight to get it back after numerous calls to ryanair she, <coughs> excuse me sorry she has now taken to twitter to publicize her complaint even her friends have contacted them, contacted them on her behalf. Uh, Susan told the Sun something that has been uh, that has been lovely is that a large number of people have reacted out to have, sorry have reached out to me uh, as they will be travelling through Bucharest and want to help. Now uh, that's I mean God come on you know the, as the chat room quite uh, rightly has just said Jacobs has put on in the chat mm. that surely they can just stick it on a returning flight and, and bring it home it's just so yeah. easy yeah you know this is something that Ryanair can turn that could turn from mm. something sort of bit you know nasty into something marvelous can they you know oh look at they sent my laptop back I'm just very but, so, I'm, I'm sorry 
Uh, um, Shouldn't I, have lost it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. If it's that precious to you, then why on earth didn't you notice yeah. the fact that you were a bag like when you got? I know we all yeah. make mistakes, but not when it comes to a laptop. Surely I am pretty when, when it yeah, comes to absolutely. putting stuff away. Yeah, but absolutely. I mean, it, it could have been handled a bit better, I think, um, by, mm. by the airline. Yeah, but there possibly. We go. But then they shouldn't have lost it. So uh, okay, uh, <laughs> you're, you're a bit mean today, man. Yeah, I, I am. You're I am a mean day today. Yeah, well, actually, Stuart's just said I can pick it up next week because he's going. He's going through there. He's <laughs> well, going through Romania in. in, in in a week's time, a couple of weeks' time. Well, you'll have to contact her, Stuart. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I don't think she's sort of short of um, assistance, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit strange. Yeah, I suppose they could just easily put it on 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 a return flight and just sort of you know e- easily send it back. But you know, I'm sorry, she sh- she shouldn't have left it behind in the first place. I'm sorry. Okay, meanie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh. So next story is on the Mirror website, and, yeah. uh, this, no, and, and uh, no, no, she hasn't got it back yet, according no, to the story. No. Um, they're just saying in the chat room. So, so the next story is on the Mirror website, and it, it, it has got pictures. So we're going to put those exciting. pictures on yes, in a okay. moment. Uh, the headline. This is quite, oh dear. This is a bit, a bit nasty. Mm, it does look so quite uh, horrific. incredible scene. Oh, after, good. Another excellent tabloid newspaper, the Mirror. Mm. Incredible scene after plane propeller sliced through van driver's windshield on mm. tarmac on uh, the airport. So a white van was left yes. with a crushed windshield and roof after it was struck by the Air Algeria ATR 72500's propeller. Oh dear. Uh, it's uh, far from uh, the smartest place to leave a vehicle, quite rightly. The van suffered a crushed windshield and roof after being positioned in the path of an aircraft. Well, that was seen. The white vehicle was struck by the propeller of the aircraft, uh, and which was left on the tarmac at uh, an Algerian airport earlier this week. The photos we have show uh, the scenes of a van sporting a badly damaged windshield with the propeller hanging just a few feet away from it. Stunned emergency crews and bystanders uh, were seen taking photos of the smashed up vehicle uh, as they take in the bizarre sight. It's unclear whether the twin-engine turboprop plane was leaving or arriving at the airport when the crash occurred. It's also not known if the van was moving at the time. Uh, but one thing is certain, the driver who remains unnamed will think twice about where they position a vehicle in the future. Although it's not clear whether the driver was inside the van at the time, I hope not, <laughs> it's reported that there were no injuries. Uh, the smash occurred at the Algier Harari Bud. Boumadine International beautiful, Airport, very good, yes. which is named after the country's <laughs> former president, according to Air Live. Yeah. Reports suggest the van driver did not respect the security distance. Mm-hmm. The ATR-72 is a short-haul regional aircraft that entered service in 1999. See, I'm with Stuart on this one again. I'm sorry, is that's like, typical white van man. Let's be honest. Here we go. Let's put up the picture. Yeah, absolutely. For the, yeah, let's there put that go. one up there. So, for those of you watching, those of you in watching YouTube, on YouTube, if not, then go to the Mirror website and search for "incredible scene after plane propeller." Okay, and you'll find that on the mirror.co.uk uh, website but uh, yes here we go that is that is the picture there that is that is a one messed up van isn't it but as i say i'm sorry um there's nothing wrong with the right van especially the tri-star van which i have not had the pleasure of running i can't believe that micah didn't have a ride micah the, did did he oh, yeah micah micah came in the tri-star van oh sorry he says which i've not had the pleasure of riding in yeah micah's been in the tri-star van has he oh, yes okay. right. him and brian i picked up brian and uh, micah from their hotel in the tri-star did van did you okay you there he okay. goes. He's, he's chatty again. <laughs> yes, oh, right. Okay, that's all right. No, it's all, I, I, I had to double check. I thought I'd read no, it. Wrong, no, but, no, uh, no. Oh, Mike, well, I had Micah, yeah. Brian, and um, and also Captain Jeff. Yeah, has, uh, has been in. We the won't talk about where there. I was stuck. By the way, no, no. Yeah, at the time, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, so, I, I was a bit warm when we got the other end. Let's put it mm. that way. <laughs> but uh, yes, that's uh, that's uh, yes, uh, it's a strange place to park your van. Yeah, do yeah, that's silly, just, uh, silly people. You know, don't park yeah. your van in front of I rotating really propellers. Grumpy and you today. are Mr. Grumpy today, <laughs> Mr. Grumps. I don't know what's going on. I'm so sorry. Next story is all yeah. yours, Matt. Is it right? Okay, okay. This is on. The, oh, really? Oh, sorry. This isn't. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So the Belfast I'm so sorry to all of my friends. Uh, Belfast Live oh. is the website, and the headline is Ryanair to hold another cabin crew recruitment day in Belfast. Successful candidates will have the opportunity to work in various airports across Europe. Irish airline Ryanair is to host a second recruitment day in Belfast next month. Crewlink, who organises the recruitment for, uh, for the airline, said that they are continuing its major European recruitment drive in the bid to to fill hundreds of cabin crew positions. Ryanair will host the recruitment day in Belfast next month on the 23rd of August, following one in the city earlier this month. For cabin crew positions, no previous experience is required. Applicants must be 18 years of age and apply uh, to apply, and it helps if you are hardworking, flexible, outgoing, and have a lively personality. Experience dealing with the public and ability to provide excellent customer services is a priority. Successful candidates will have the opportunity to work in various airports across Europe. Crewlink's head of recruitment, Nal Gleeson, said that we have recruited many candidates from the UK. We had a fantastic response in 2015 and we were extremely satisfied with the high the very high calibre of candidates we met. We are now returning to fill one to, 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 to fill hundreds of positions. This is a fantastic opportunity to join a growing industry. We look forward to visiting the UK again. Crewlink has designed a unique five stages qualification to gradu graduation process to provide cabin crew candidates with an enjoyable, highly specific uh, training course over a six-week period so they can earn their wings to fly on board Ryanair aircraft. Potential candidates should register their interest on the Crewlink website at crewlink.ie or email recruit at crewlink.ie. So more people to join, Owen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yes, it was the same. We, we at uh, Farnborough, we were lucky enough to have a chat with uh, uh, a very nice chap who who has done exactly this. Mm, so, uh, yeah. and that, there we've got that interview coming up, haven't we? Sort yeah, of absolutely. At some point yeah, yeah. In the yeah. future, we're, future. We're, do, we're doing the React interviews yeah. first, React obviously. First, uh, yeah. One of which will be playing out um, very shortly. Mm. But um, so yeah. next story, and yeah. uh, oh, this is a bit of a bit of a controversy now. Look, moving on, breaking travel news ooh, again. Ooh. Uh, headline: EasyJet to recruit cabin crew across ooh, Europe. Oh, hello. So Are they using the same company? EasyJet have this week announced it's to recruit more than 1,200 new permanent and fixed-term cabin crew positions mm -hmm. as the airline continues its growth. The carrier, which flies to more than 250 destinations or 250 aircraft on over 820 routes in 31 countries, will offer its new cabin crew positions across all of its 27 European bases. Around half of these positions will be based in the UK. New recruits will fly on a modern fleet of Airbus aircraft. Oh well and will join the airline at an existing time as will have uh, they'll have exact access as well to uh, to a number of rewards and high quality training and opportunities to career development uh, the news comes after easyjet's announcement earlier this year that it was opening recruitment for more than 350 pilots Ooh. hello david <laughs> providing uh, career opportunities for more than 150 of its current first officers to be promoted mm. into captain positions EasyJet currently employs over 5,500 
thousand cabin crew who are at the forefront of the airline's operations, ensuring the highest safety standards and uh, that uh, are met, providing friendly service mm. for EasyJet's seventy million passengers every year. Cool. Uh, this is good news, really, for, uh, for for everyone in the UK. Really, wants mm. to become cabin crew. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a quote. It's not an easy t- task no, to get it's through. Not, no. uh, n- don't don't think it's an easy thing and to get through. But it's, it's, it's not um, glamorous at all, is it? I mean, <laughs> no, you no. sort of think it's you think it's a really glamorous thing, but uh, you know, having had sort of a couple of chats, I mean, that was the great thing about meeting so many people who work in the industry at Farnborough. Uh, I mean, you sort of assume that the pilot life and and the cabin crew life is one of glamour, where you're jetting off to these exotic locations. When in reality, half the time you never actually leave the area plane uh, you look at Rome through your window uh, and uh, before you fly off somewhere else but I uh, just to say uh, a very good morning in the chat room to uh, well his, his nickname is Mad Magma but that is Mason so very good morning Mason I hope you're enjoying uh, the show I think you're you're a sort of first time victim to the Plane Talking UK podcast live event that's actually Ray Davis yes son. indeed yes no I was reading that yes but uh, yes as I say so well, 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 well welcome to the madness sir Welcome to the match. So the last story is, mm. uh, which for Matt is a, is a kind of a bit of a, bit of a history, historic mm-hmm. story, a bit of a history uh, yep. uh, part. So, um, so this is on this is on the motherboard website, which is slightly unnerving. Uh, it, it is uh, the headline is "May we never forget the first jet liner, the D now was it De Havilland, De Havilland, De Havilland, the De Havilland Comet." Comet. Mm. This is very exciting. Now I can't play the video out because I will get told off by YouTube <laughs> if I do. Um, so if you want to have a look at this video, which is amazing by the way, it's motherboard, motherboard as in like the computer motherboard. So M O T H E R B O A R D dot vice dot com motherboard dot vice dot com and then search for first jetliner you'll find the video so on july the 27th 1949 the world quite abruptly became a very small place the new scale uh, which uh, which drew together cities and coastlines that had for millennia existed on basically separate planets came courtesy of the de Havilland Comet, the very first commercial jet aircraft to enter production. With its pressurised cabin, it could travel as high as 42,000 feet and, courtesy of four turbojet engines offering 22,000 newtons of thrust each, it cruised at 460 miles per hour. The next best thing until the Comet arrived was the propeller-driven DC-3, which could hit 250 miles an hour at best. Air travel in it in its 1930s and 40s infancy was characterised by short but exhausting flights that took a long time relatively uh, and were frequently marred by gnarly weather char- by gnarly weather characteristic of lower altitudes. At the time, jet engines were thought to be too inefficient and fuel-hungry and too unreliable to be seriously considered for commercial aviation. Nonetheless, Sir Geoffrey de Havilland, um, whose company had gotten its start uh, producing biplanes, took it as a challenge. In 1949, the de Havilland uh, was awarded a contract from the UK government to design and produce a mail plane capable with a pressurised... So, yeah, capable with a pressurised cabin capable of transatlantic flight and cruising speeds of at least 400 miles an hour. In 1945, before a design team had even been formed at de Havilland, the British Overseas Airways Corporation made an order for 10 
twin turbo, turbojet aircraft. The Comet began regular service in 1952, and by 1953, BOAC was flying nine Comets per week from London to distant locales such as Tokyo, Singapore, and Johannesburg. More airlines placed orders. Then it all went wrong, at, well, at least for a time. There were two fatal Comet accidents in 1953, one of which involved an aircraft uh, disintegrating in midair while passing through a thunderstorm. Ah, right. In 1954, another comet crashed after takeoff from Rome following an explosive decompression. The planes were grounded and several inquiries took place, with ma the major findings being that the aircraft's hull was too weak to deal with flight stresses that were still too poorly un understood at the time of the plane's development. Many of the comets... Um, were scrapped to be later replaced by a more robust version, the Comet 2. According to Comet, the world's first jetliner, the final Comet 4 left service in 1997. Oh, wow. Its operator then was the UK's Royal Aircraft Establishment, which used it to collect aeronautical data. Yeah, the Comet was... Um, there's actually one of these at, uh, at uh, Duxford, Matt. There's a Comet, yes. uh, there's yeah, a Comet yeah. 4, one of the later versions yeah. of the Comet 4 at uh, Duxford. And the uh, the issues they had with this jet, Matt, in the uh, in when it was first mm. obviously you know first flying the first iteration of the comet, was that uh, De Havilland, uh, when they built the aircraft, Matt designed it with square windows. Right. Okay. And uh, the issue it had with it breaking up in midair was caused uh, on I think nearly all the crashes that this had mm. was that uh, for the older ones was that the fatigue cracks appeared at the obviously the corners of the mm. uh, of the windows. And the cracks obviously being pressurised all the time. Yeah. The aircraft's going like this, and right. the cracks appeared. And obviously, in the end, pff, eventually it went. Yeah, eventually yeah, it absolutely. went. So they had to redesign and have what we now see as, as oval, oval windows. Oval windows yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So yeah, but uh, no, the the uh, just looking in, interestingly enough on uh, on the. Uh, Wiki, Wikipedia site mm -hmm. here about Careful. the comet. Not always accurate. Oh, well, it's fairly <laughs> accurate. Um, but back in 1952, wow, um, there was uh, the Comet One, which was which was uh, initially started the, the Comet series. Mm. Um, you could have these these new the unit costs were 275 thousand pounds. Wow, <laughs> it's just yeah. amazing how much. Yeah, but that's uh, old money. Of oh course. yeah, yeah that's, you know, uh, so 1952. That, yeah, yeah, that was that was probably the equivalent of a few. few well. A good couple of hundred, or but not also not forgetting as well that the Royal Air Force, the RAF, use comets as well. Um, do they? What well, even now? Uh, no, they used to. Used yeah. to. They obviously retired a long while ago. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the Royal Air Force used to use these, and also mm. one of our uh, now gone years ago airlines, Dan Air. Yes, yes. Remember Dan Air? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, Dan well, Air used uh, comets. The only reason I know them is because obviously we saw one at, uh, at the Norwich Aviation Museum. Yes, they had, they had a, a very yeah. good example there that would that could still fly, wasn't it? It was the only example that could still fly. Oh, the uh, yeah, that was. Uh, no. I forget which one was that, that was. Not comment. No, no, it wasn't okay. a comet. No, right. that would be nice if they had a comet there. Yeah. So anyway, but, no. the De Havilland comment is is uh, yeah, it is the the responsible so for what we now know as commercial aviation, really, isn't it? I, but I there's, there's some of these lots of these. Jot around. The, there's one in Scotland at the East Fortune Museum in Scotland, and there's also one mm. um, at. There's one obviously at Duxford mm -hmm. at the Imperial War Museum at Duxford. Mm. Uh, there's also one uh, Comet Four on display at the Bruntingthorpe Aerodrome. Okay, yeah. According to this, and there's also one in Germany at the Flugstar. I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. My German's not that great. No, Flug no. Flugastellung Hermeskiel in oh. Germany. 
probably totally got that completely yeah, wrong, but there we go. Wrong. So there are, there are some of these to see. So there we are. That's yep. our last story then for the commercial news segment yep. on the show this okay. week. Okay. So uh, before we step into the military, what we're going to do is we're going to take you back to Riyadh, which was a few Woo-hoo! weekends ago now. Uh, so it was the 8th to the 10th of July 2016. That was RAF Fairford, uh, mm. as, as you say at the start of every single interview you do. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I'll shut up now. I know. Yeah, absolutely. But this um, is the second of... Four. It is, yeah. It's the second of um, four. We've got another yeah. couple of interviews still to go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's time to welcome to the fold, as it were, a lovely little interview by a lovely chap by the name of Toby Mercer. And he now flies, or he's, he, he works, flies, uh, is in the Army with the New Zealand Air Force. And he's talking about the Boeing 757. So we're back again then for our second interview here at the Royal International Air Tattoo at RAF Fairford in Gloucestershire. And uh, I'm standing next to uh, one of my favourite, personal favourite aircraft uh, in the, flying in the world currently. And I'm here with Toby Mercer. And Toby, uh, what's, uh, what's your role in the uh, Royal New Zealand Air Force? Uh, so I'm a uh, co-pilot for the Boeing 757. Uh, we work uh, with 40 Squadron and uh, we're involved for anything uh, mainly to do with strategic airlift in, uh, for New Zealand. Yeah. So what's the, the role of this aircraft and this 757 here, it's, uh, what, what the capabilities of the aircraft? Okay, so uh, mainly we're just moving uh, passengers and freight, um, however we can be used in uh, aeromedical evacuation, uh, disaster relief, uh, so if we ever have uh, cyclones hitting the islands, so it's very common that we uh, go into the Pacific and help them out, and uh, also to help out any other um, allied nations as well. Yeah. Cool. The aircraft itself, the 757, it's the 200 series, uh, as we, we discussed earlier. Uh, what are the, the change, the differences between this and the passenger variant? Um, okay, so the difference is basically that um, we can completely change the entire fit of the aircraft. So um, uh, we can have it fully uh, set it up for seating, or we can uh, completely palletise the entire aircraft, or we can essentially turn it into a hospital uh, by having each pallet in its own uh, medical area. Cool. And your journey over to Riyadh then for the show was that? Uh, did you stop anywhere on the way, or was it one one hit from straight across from New Zealand? Uh, no, no, we, we uh, stop over a few places, which is great. Um, we stopped by Darwin and Malaysia and uh, Dubai, so yeah, no, it's it's really good. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. So uh, being flying the aircraft itself, then I'm, I'm guessing that because it hasn't got some of these other sort of add-ons that a lot of the uh, military aircraft have, this handles fairly similar to the to the passenger version. Yes, yeah, there's nothing uh, in that way um, modified to the aircraft, it's as per, yeah. So the engine's on the aircraft behind us then, because a lot of the uh, 7.5s had the RB211s, the Rolls-Royce, uh, the engines on this aircraft are different? Uh, yeah, so this is uh, E4B modelled engines, um, yeah, so a little bit more grunt to them, um, producing all up uh, 43,000 pounds of thrust, so yeah, no, it's good. Because the uh, the seven five, a lot of the listeners will know, they kind of call it the pocket rocket. It's a, it's a really uh, overpowered aircraft, I think. Some a lot of some will say. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the power to weight ratio of the seven five is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it feels like a rocket ship. So is it is it uh, a tune that's like flying a fighter jet as such? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm not not sure about the fighter jet comment, but it uh, definitely is um, a high powered beast, and it's a lot of fun to on uh, you know lightweight takeoffs and so on. Yeah. Oh, great. So your career then, how did things start for you, t- uh, Toby, within, within the, uh, you know, the Royal New Zealand Air Force? How, d- how did it all start? Uh, okay, so um, I was uh, originally in Otago University in uh, Dunedin, and um, I was studying physics there, and I uh, managed to um, 
uh, wander into the uh, local, local uh, recruiting office in Dunedin and um, one thing led to another ended up uh, joining the Air Force, becoming a pilot and um, been in for about eight years now. Yeah, it's been great. Oh, cool. What aircraft... Um are you rated or type rated on? Is there any other aircraft you fly within within the force? Uh, so I'm purely dedicated to flying the 757. Um, however, I did my training on a um, air trainer, and uh, then we also trained on a B200 King Air. Um, I flew the King Air for about uh, four years, and then um, I did a short uh, conversion onto a uh, Hercules C130, and uh, and now here I'm on the uh, Boeing 75. So the, the, what's your favourite then uh, between the two, the C-130 and the 7.5, come on. De- definitely the 7.5, it's just a great beast, gets places a lot faster, um, yeah, absolute pleasure to fly, love it. Yeah. Cool, so I'm guessing you guys have got all the same kind of amenities that you get on board, you know, you've got somewhere to, to cook some food and, uh, and stuff on board the aircraft as you would do on, on the passenger version. Yeah, so uh, we've got our lovely stewards working for us and uh, always cooking up a good meal, no, they're, they're top job, they're really good. Great. So the future for you then, Toby, what, what, uh, what do you see for the future of yourself uh, within the force? Uh, at this stage, I'm just looking at continuing in the Air Force. Um, yeah, uh, potentially going to become an instructor shortly in the years to come. Um, and we do our new uh, pilot training is um, now done on a Texan T6. So um, it'll be exciting to get on that aircraft and uh, see where I go from there. Yeah. Oh, cool. So uh, for... for um well, for, for the listeners as such as well, um, we always ask the same question when we do an interview at the air shows. And it's all the question we always ask the pilots. And if you could fly any aircraft, uh, whether it's flying still or retired, uh, in the world, what would you most love to have the chance to fly? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, put me on the spot here, but I guess if I had only one choice... Oh. I know it's a tough one. It catches everyone out all the time. Probably the Spitfire. Uh, yeah, I would want the uh, the Spitfire. That would be my absolute top aircraft to fly around in. Yeah, that's that's quite amazing because the guys over in the RAAF, over in the, on the Voyager, on the uh, the A330, same answer. Really? Oh, well, there you go. It's a common interest, I guess. It's a beautiful aircraft. Sounds absolutely awesome. I can't wait to see it flying. Great. So, uh, well, Toby Mercer, thank you ever so much for your time on the Plane Talking UK podcast today. It's been great to talk to you. And uh, enjoy the rest of your show. And uh, we wish you a safe flight home. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Take care. Bye. Well, we hope you enjoyed that weird, uh, little interview there we done at Riyadh. That was uh, that was really I enjoyed. Well, I enjoyed doing that, and you enjoyed filming it, didn't you, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you enjoy editing that as well? No, I didn't. <laughs> but uh, anyway, hey, it was all beautifully in sync. That that's all that matters. Yeah, but, Matt. Uh, no, uh, I, I, to say, uh, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, obviously uh, by the normal channels, if you, you download it on iTunes or whatever, it, it is worth if you get the chance just to take to, to YouTube. Because I say we did we try something new um, with all our interviews this year at the two air shows that we went to, which was Farnborough and um, Riyadh, and uh, yeah, we, we actually sort of had a go at, at videoing it as well. And uh, mm. I must say, I'm really pleased with the results. It does definitely add something. So if you do get the chance, yeah, please take yourself to YouTube. I will when we've played them out as part of our films I will make them available as individual uh, interviews um, and I'll probably do a compilation episode for over Christmas but uh, uh, with our interviews from and the two our main shows. man Micah 
He uh, mm. he's actually he's got himself uh, one of the programs from Riyadh, which we uh, we donated to to Micah, didn't we? The because uh, we had two programs. Oh, that's right. From, yes, uh, yeah, from Riyadh yeah, yeah, this absolutely. year. Yeah, because we so got one each. Didn't we, we got one each. Yeah, so, we, so we've got one for our records, and um, uh, we, yeah, we got one for Micah because we thought mm. Micah would uh, would like a nice program absolutely. from Riyadh yeah. this year. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so hopefully hopefully you two are more to come though. The, yeah, two more to come from from Riyadh, and then we move on to Farmer. We've got some great segments. Um, I, I can't wait. Uh, talking of the main man, the legend that is Micah, I've got a great segment that uh, a couple of segments that I just cannot wait to edit and put together, um, where they're sort of talking me through some of the static displays at Farnborough, and that was a really magical Saturday that I spent. Mm. Um, yeah. Now, now, what was the, what was Micah's favourite craft again that we saw there? Oh, the PBY. Oh, the PBY. Catalina. Yeah. As I say, we got a great rare interview yeah. with. Uh, yeah with them as well so I really can't wait but uh, yeah no uh, it's as I say we're, we're, we're having a go at because uh, that was one of the comments that we picked up last year when we were doing the interviews is because it was we, we didn't really we weren't really doing video when we went no, last year no, we just sort of started done, but we yeah. so yeah so uh, hopefully uh, if you, you do you are enjoying the video element to, to, to these as I say which has helped for, but you know, by our Patreons, don't forget. Yeah, very you know, much so, it's yeah. uh, it's all, all you guys and girls that yeah. uh, donate via Patreon. Yeah, yeah that's, is, what, that's is the reason the we can. Yeah. Uh, we have the various bits of yeah. equipment and software mm. that allow me and Matt to do the uh, to do the audio and video yeah, stuff as well. Yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks for that. that. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Anyway, I think it's time to do some military. Bit of a spot of military Indeed. news. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so okay. uh, so, are you ready to go? Um, just give me one moment. Okay, more yes, yes, I am ready to go. Ready to go? Let's go. Yeah. So our first news story on the military segment this week mm. on Flight Global Site and it's regarding an aircraft that we saw uh, at uh, Riyadh uh, this mm. year. Uh, it's the MR or the MRTT, the A330 MRTT multi-role yeah. transport tanker. Mm. So the Netherlands and Luxembourg, the headline, uh, agree to a joint A330 MRTT buy. So the multinational initiative to acquire a pooled fleet of aircraft, A330 multi-role tanker transports, has edged closer to takeoff, with the Netherlands and Luxembourg agreeing to buy an initial two examples together. Agreed uh, with Airbus uh, on the 28th of July this week, uh, contract via the OCAR Defence Procurement Body. The acquisition is the first part of a potentially broader activity being pursued by the uh, European Defence Agency and several other nations. Final arrangements are to be made in the coming weeks for the completion of the financial and the, fi the uh, finical process, uh, resulting in a, former, a formal order uh, to Airbus Defence and Space. Uh, this will include also an initial two-year package of service support uh, additions uh, to the uh, to the deal as well. The Netherlands, uh, the lead for national uh, nation for the program, uh, values the acquisition at between 250 million uh, and 1 billion euros, uh, which is around about 277 million dollars, depending on the number of additional participants. Uh, Airbus says the addition of uh, Belgium and uh, Germany, Norway, and Poland could eventually increase the size of the NATO-assigned multinational MRTT fleet to eight aircraft. 
Uh, deliveries of the lead A330s for the Netherlands and Luxembourg will occur during 2020, so a few more years as yet, with the type expected to have the service lice, uh, life of around ooh, lice, life of around <laughs> 30 years. I've seen this tea, Matt, you've made yeah, it. Magical tea, yes. Uh, the pulled fleet, equipped with a boom and hose and drogue refueling systems, will be operated via its uh, uh, from its Eindhoven airbase, uh, the home of the European Air Transport Command. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ministry describes the planned purchase as an important contribution in addressing the scarce tanker and transport capability of the EU in particular. It will also replace the Royal Netherlands Air Force's current two McDonnell Douglas KC, uh, KDC-10 tankers, uh, one which we, we went on board that last year at Riyadh, mm. and that was where we left our len- uh, the camera lenses and camera equipment on board, <laughs> if you remember, Matt. As part of the uh, MMF initiative, the Netherlands says it is also examining the potential of a collaboration with France and the UK, among others, in relation to training and instruction, as well as maintenance of the A330's military derivative. And uh, we'll put a little little picture there. Matt can uh, quickly whip that on the screen for those of you in the uh, YouTube screen. You'll be able to see there a little photo there of uh, the transport there refueling in midair. Looks uh, as you all know, it looks very very similar to the uh, to the passenger variant, just in grey, uh, when and with a huge refueling bu- uh, boom at the uh, rear of the aircraft. But uh, it's good to see uh, you know plenty of airlines picking up on mm. these as being uh, a good air tanker. Definitely. Yes, Next story. From that to another picture story then, and uh, the uh, headline when it wakes up, there we go, is pictures, the first flight for Israel's F-35A. Israel. A deer. Mm. Mm, there we go. Um, so I'm just... I'm going to try and do this. It's always a bit difficult when it's a picture story and I'm the one pressing the button, so I'll do my best. Uh, but uh, here we go. So it's Lockheed Martin uh, have completed the first flight of an A uh, of an, an F-35A a, a deer for the Israeli Air Force on the 25th of July, just one month after rolling the airport the aircraft out at the Fourth Worth site in Texas on the 22nd of June. So I'll just bring that video up, that the picture up very very quickly there. So the first of the series is uh, of the services 33 conventional takeoff and landing F-35As on order. The aircraft AS-1 underwent a successful check flight. Lockheed says Israel's uh, Israel's first two F-35 A's, the AS-1 and the AS-2, are scheduled to arrive uh, at uh, their airbase on the 12th of December. Uh, sorry. Right, well, this is the trouble <laughs> when I'm doing the, <laughs> the pictures and stuff. Uh, so on the 12th of December, uh, where they will be used to support initial pilot training activities. Now, some more pictures there. I'm not even going to try. And, oh, no, that, that, that is the end of the story. So I will try and bring you up. So there's a couple, yeah, of, cracking photos, couple of cracking photos there. Um, it is a stunning-looking aircraft, isn't and it? Now we've yeah. seen this up close yep. and personal. Absolutely. At, uh, at Riyadh, yeah. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. That was... is, that, is that the one that was little, little, the compound at the end of the runway? Is that what yes, we that is, at, that's yeah. the one that they, they kind of had the armed guards and everything. Mm, that was a bit around. scary. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was all a bit terrifying. <laughs> so moving on to our next story on the... When it loads up again. Yeah, God, it's being slow today. I don't know. I think the CNN think we're using politics. Oh, we're using too much bandwidth. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're using all of it. Yeah. Um, this is a, a new story that popped up. Uh, actually, it popped up on the 29th, which was... Uh, Wow, that was only yesterday? It was the 29th yesterday? Uh, yesterday, yeah. yeah. It's the 30th day, yeah. Yeah, the 29th. This is yesterday. Uh, this one came up in the news feeds. And the headline, U.S. military plane makes emergency landing on a Russian, Russian airstrip. airstrip. Now that's a terrifying story, isn't uh, it? Okay. <laughs> 
So uh, the story then, uh, so at, uh, the story goes, at the same time that the political tensions between Washington and Moscow were raging this week, US and Russia calmly handled the emergency landing of a US mm. military aircraft in western Siberia, according to the Pentagon. The incident occurred on Wednesday when the landing gear of a U.S. observation flight malfunctioned and the plane had to make an unplanned landing in a Russian airstrip uh, near the Chinese border. Ooh, dear. The OC-135B observation aircraft had taken off from a Russian airfield at Ulan Ud for a scheduled observation flight conducted under the terms of the Open Skies Treaty. The treaty allows both countries to fly unarmed observation aircraft over each other territory. The flights are intended to be confidence-building measures and are subject to provisions uh, for openness and transparency on the information being collected via cameras and other sensors. Mm. On the mission, the U.S. aircraft with Russian observers on board took off to start its designated observation flight plan, but the aircraft's landing gear did not retract. The U.S. commander, in cooperation with the Russian escort crew on board, divided the aircraft to hmm, nub. Nabrovsk. Uh, there we go. So the aircraft could exit <laughs> Russia in the most right. direct route possible. Mm-hmm. Pentagon spokeswoman Lieutenant Colonel Michelle L. Baldanza told CNN, due to aircraft performance limitations associated with summer temperatures and landing gear malfunction, the Kabovsk runway represented the only safe location to land. The airfield is not normally used under the treaty for U.S. aircraft to exit out of Russia. The, the Russian onboard crew verified that no imagery was collected during the flight, and the aircraft then flew on to Japan, where it was being repaired. The Pentagon was adamant that this was not a spy mission, because all portions of the flight and sensor equipment on board are open to Russian uh, Russians to observe. Right, OK, so it's not perhaps quite as scary a story as it sort of... a appears on on the on the front of it then perhaps yeah yeah that's, um, um, that was uh, quite an interesting story to, to, to have really come up in the news feeds you know because we're always having these issues with the mm. uh, Russians coming over here to say hello yeah. and, J- Jacob um, just said in the chat room there is it where would you rather land Russia or China <laughs> um, well, you've you got more chance of making snowballs in Russia so right okay um, I like snowballs uh, you like, right well fair enough yeah we don't get enough, we don't get enough snow in the UK no, we, don't, we don't get snow as you quite often said no. all we get in this country is snow yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the last story. This is this is uh, a good story for those of you uh, who love your military aircraft and have lots and lots of money in the bank. Right. Okay. Paul's off. By the way. Bye, Paul. Tricker. Goodbye, Paul. Yeah. Uh, so uh, t- uh, Tamaru Man. Is that right? Tomorrow Man. Sorry, I'm on the wrong camera. Aren't I? Yes. <laughs> uh, Tomorrow Man puts uh, one of two L29 former military jets up for sale. Uh, he might trade for a boat and a wife. Well, there we are. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's an unusual approach. Uh, so this is the Tamaru. Is it Tamaru? Tim- I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. I want to say the Tamaru. Timaru. Timaru. Tamaru Herald. Okay, I'll, we'll get emails about that now. Uh, so uh, Rob Young wants to sell his L29 jet aircraft. He also wants a boat and a wife. Uh, the Claremont man uh, recently listed one of his two Czech-built uh, former military aircraft on Trade Me for 179000 dollars or very near offer. The listing has attracted more than 128,000 views, uh, but Young said uh, genuine interest was very low. 
Uh, I get the odd person inquiring, but uh, they're not serious. One person asked me if I wanted to swap it for a Ford Zephyr. Right. Uh, <laughs> he laughed. Uh, Young, uh, who is a self-proclaimed shy, sensitive salesman with an association with uh, property management, bought his first L29 in 2008 and his second in 2011. The aircraft are identical and are two of just five in New Zealand. He doesn't uh, hold pilots. Uh, he doesn't hold a pilot's license himself, so there is no need. So why did he buy them then? Anyway, uh, <laughs> you don't have to have a license to own a plane. There's plenty of pilots who come out of the woodwork to fly jets they just queue up to fly them which i'm not surprised about uh with a top speed of 800 uh, kilometers per hour and a maximum pull of eight g's that's Ooh. quite a big high number isn't it the jet aircraft are not for the faint-hearted or cash strapped it costs a hell of a lot of money to run them there's a surprise the jet uses around a thousand liters of aviation fuel an hour at a cost of around about 32 dollars a minute it's oh, not too bad. Oh. <laughs> as most, uh, as both the jets are approved for adventure flights in New Zealand, Young said that any future owner could potentially charge a hundred dollars a minute for rides at events like the popular Warbirds over Wanaka. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing all these uh, New Zealand names incorrectly. It could take up to a dozen people in one day, and it will run for at least another twenty years. Young was philosophical about letting one of his jets go, saying that there was no need to have. Have two. Having two is a bit of a mission. It's like having two wives, he joked. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> jokes aside, Young said that he would like to see the jet go to an enthusiast who would continue to showcase it at air shows. If it didn't sell, it would. It could be destined for a museum, he said. Young's fascination with planes won't fade away anytime soon. He's just looking for uh, other things to keep him busy. You could say, I'm looking at some other planes, but I'm also looking for a boat and a wife. So the uh, the L29 then, we had some videos of these sent in by Ray Davis actually yeah. a while back. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yes, we had I them remember. on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the L29 then uh, to first flew 1959, uh, brought into service in 1961, flew with the Soviet Air Force, the Czechoslovak Air Force and the Bulgarian Air Force. And uh, they built three and a half thousand of these aircraft, so quite a few. Right, yeah. Uh, he's got this up for sale then for 179,000 New Zealand dollars, Matt, which equates in pounds oh, to 97,500 pounds. It's not actually as much as you'd think. 97,500. I don't know, that seems quite a good value. That not seems bad. quite a good value, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could sort of, you know, mm. strap together and buy one, I suppose. I don't yes. know what we'd do with it, but... Um, uh, well, no, indeed, yeah, absolutely. We could, we could give it to Stuart to fly. I mean, you he'd, could, um, can he'd, he fly, Jack? He'd definitely Is pull he an AG in there. one of those? Uh, not quite. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it can't be that different to fly on a 208 right, caravan. okay. Yeah, well, yeah. No, no, no speed difference at all, really. <laughs> uh, I can't see what could possibly go wrong there. Yes, anyway, on that bombshell, uh, uh, it's time to bring the military section to, to a, a close. close. Yeah, and indeed the show. Yeah, we've got um, we've got obviously we've got a lot of uh, bits and pieces coming up in the future. We've got, mm. uh, like I said, we've got some interviews coming up uh, yep. later on uh, in the year. From what we've taken at mm. the various air show, the two air shows, Farnborough yep. and Riyadh, we've got this year. Yeah, uh, so we've got two all, more two more from Riyadh. Two go more out, from Riyadh to come, and uh, we've got uh, lots from Farnborough. We've got lots yeah, of ones absolutely. from Farnborough coming in, up. Yeah. yeah, as I say, it's one of the one of the aircraft that we were looking at. Um, 
Um, and as I think, I, I can't remember if I said this last week, but we, we were walking back to the media tent for tea and cakes, weren't we? Mm. And, uh, and for the first time ever, there was a display going on, and I literally stopped in my tracks to watch the A380 going through its... Um, <laughs> its I, I mean, it, and it is genuinely the first time that I've literally stopped in the middle of, of, of what I was doing and actually being been blown away by a display i mean it really did it really did knock me for six and uh, the the lovely captain al talked me through um sort of what it was doing and how it was doing it because i it was the thing was flying so slowly i i just got all, all i could hear in my head was pull up <laughs> yeah pull up but apparently it wasn't doing that but anyway that's uh, something to look forward to captain al talks us through that some great video to go with that as well hopefully so our next uh, the next air show that me and matt will be going to will probably um we were going to try and make uh, old Buckingham tomorrow, but I don't mm. think we'll make that because no, I'm busy. Yeah. Uh, well, but we've got Seething we coming have, yes, up. Uh, our local air, air yeah. show, Seething Air Charity Air Day on, mm. on Sunday, September the 4th, yeah. uh, which is not far from where we are here. So if anyone in the um, in the area or in the UK at all are um, around on the 4th of September, yep. that's on a Sunday, mm. um, we, we're going to be attending the Seething Charity Air Day. There's mm. loads of aircraft uh, lined up for the display there, yeah. including the Blades with their extra... Uh, 300 aircraft, four mm. of those. Um, but yeah, me and Matt will hopefully uh, will be there for that uh, Sunday. Hopefully the weather will be good to yeah, us on, on the day. Yeah, he's hoping. Um, right, so we're going to wrap up then the we show. Are, yeah. Don't forget you can uh, contact the show via our website. Uh, if you go to all the W's dot plane talking dot uh, UK dot com, <laughs> <laughs> you ought to know that by now. I know. Blimey, yeah. Plane spelt P L A N E. So that's plane talking UK dot com. Go on there and click on the contact tab, and you can yep. send us. Uh, some feedback on there. Email. Yeah, okay. Um, we, do, we don't put our email address directly on there. That's to, just to stop spammers, like, spammers and, and robots and things. But obviously, if you're listening to this, then you are more than welcome to get in touch with us and to email us directly. It is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. You'll find us on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk. And on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at plaintalkinguk. Yep, so catch up with all the news and bits and pieces uh, during the week that me and Matt post on there mm. for the show. And don't forget, as we said at the beginning of this show, next week's going to be slightly different because we yep. are going to have a kind of one and two part uh, show. One, mm. we're going to do uh, our interview with our guest on Saturday yep. uh, morning and uh, for, for the first half of the show. And then on the Sunday, uh, we're going to do, hopefully, mm. fingers crossed, a live link up with uh, Nev and all uh, all our wonderful listeners over at Amsterdam's Schiphol yeah. Airport. Absolutely. Uh, on there. And also not forgetting as well our website. We've just uh, updated the website with uh, all the pictures that we took uh, from Riyadh and Farnborough. Uh, this uh, this year. So if you go to uh, to the website www.plaintalkinguk.com mm-hmm. and click on the gallery, uh, you'll find uh, loads of the uh, pictures that we took yep. from the two air shows, including all the photos we took from the APG meetup Indeed. as well. Yep. Uh, and they're all there, so you can go on there and view yep. those. Plaintalking.com. Uh, so it's plaintalkinguk.com forward slash gallery. Gallery. If you want to have a look at those, and it's actually the top headline. But there we are, Captain Al. It's an interesting photograph (laughs) of Captain Al in the back of the TriStar van. Absolutely. And also yeah. the ice cream. The, uh, the, uh, the infamous ice, ice cream yeah. incidences, yes. That, that, was, uh, that was really quite terrifying. Oh, there's some great photos there. There there's are Micah. some great photos. There's uh, Micah and that busy enjoying an ice cream. And then there's the whole team. Look, There, there we go. Look, go. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. 
For yeah. those, those who listen to the audio part of this, you'll not. Oh, and Captain Jeff yeah, in the absolutely. TriStar van. Yeah. Oh, look so, at that. yeah, if you are listening on the audio version of the show, it is www.plaintalkinguk.com forward slash gallery, and that's where you'll find uh, lots of. Oh, that was you being interviewed at the radio station, yeah, wasn't I know. it? You? you even got well, there. Me, me and Micah got interviewed by Farnborough air show radio yeah absolutely <laughs> very cool it was too anyway enough of this um, we need to get going we're we going to, to bring episode number 123 to, to a close. close 124 as i say will be in two parts next weekend so you've got it will only be one episode we only will be on one episode but yeah. uh, it's being recorded over two days um for reasons we explained earlier um it, fantastic we will uh, we will see you all then for 100 episode number 100 and 24. So to everyone in the chat room, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Mm. All you lot in there been a fantastic audience as always and yep. thank you for joining us and watching us and uh, yeah and being being, being part of the show being and part to of the everyone show. who downloads the audio show we really do appreciate do. you guys yep. downloading the show i know that uh, there's a few of the guys that i work with uh, who listen to the show special mention to uh, to jason uh, Rowe who listens right. to the show i know Rowie listens to the show yep. and also to matty caton i know matt uh, listens to the show as well uh, so good on you guys. Nice to hear some support from the Indeed. good old Clays. Oh dear. There we go. Anyway, on that bombshell, it is time to say goodbye. Uh, we will see you next week. Uh, yeah. As I say, uh, watch our, our Twitter and Facebook feeds. We'll post what times we're going live, as I say, but it's actually taking place over two days. So you've got no excuse. No. Nope. You can be in the no chat excuse. room for both days. Sunday say, or Saturday. Saturday or Sunday, whichever. Uh, I think it's going to be around, I think at the moment it's going to be 10 a.m. Yeah, on 10 Saturday, Saturday and 10 a.m. Sunday, Sunday as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we will see you all next week. From all of us here in the studio, it is goodbye. Bye.